Hey, folks. Welcome to episode two of the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show. I'm Kurt Schilling, and I'm going to start the show off by, by trying to amend for an egregious error on, on show number one, and that is to introduce my counterpart, my cohort, Bill Graff. Billy, please say hello and introduce yourself. Kurt, great to be here with you. Great, great to talk baseball with you. And it's great that we finally have games to talk about. Yeah. Spring training's underway. Let's get it going. Yep, yep. So Bill is going to bring the media side and the fan side perspective to the show. Uh, he's also going to be soliciting questions uh, from viewers uh, on social media. So if you have something specific you want to ask about your team or a player on your team, he will be the guy to reach out to. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, game started. Uh, and we saw, it's kind of ironic, I guess, but I, I certainly expected, uh, the new rules had a monumental impact on day one of camp. We had Manny Machado as the first player in Major League Baseball history to be given a strike without throwing a pitch uh, due to his uh, um, violating the rules for stepping out. Uh, and Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, the hitter has to be in the box with eight seconds left and addressing the pitcher. And addressing the pitcher. So not just in the box, but ready to hit with eight He's seconds He's got to be right. ready okay. to hit with eight seconds right. left. Because we saw what happened when you're not at the – and this is this was one of those – I'm trying to picture this in the regular season. The uh, the Red Sox and Braves game, bases loaded, tie game, 6-6, bottom of the ninth, 3-2 uh, count on the hitter. And there was confusion initially in what happened because the hitter started jogging to first as if the pitcher had violated the pitch clock. About five steps down, the umpire calls him and gets his attention and says, no, you're actually out for not being ready to hit with eight seconds left. Game ends, tied, 6-6. Now, fast forward, October 15th, game two of the playoffs. Is that, I mean, are we going to, I, I, I'm going to ask you, Bill, I kind of know, the, are we going to, there's going to be a change to this rule. That, 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 that can't be the way a game that matters in September and October ends. Right. There just can't be. Nope. And and I I think we're going to see some changes. Um, speaking quickly of Manny Machado, uh, rumor has it that he has completed a uh, eleven year, three hundred and fifty million dollar deal with the Padres. And and you know if we get time later, maybe the next show this, which is Friday, we're, I want to talk a little bit about because the day before this was announced that it was happening was the day was the day he said he was going to be opting out of his San Diego deal. So this didn't oh, just hey. come up. He forced he forced their hand. I yeah, think. yeah. And and my response is, if a team had done that to a player, fans would be going batshit crazy. Absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, Machado gets is going to get a new deal. Um, we're going to move into an area that I have a little bit of insight on, um, and aptly titled on our heading: pitchers with arm issues. All right. So uh, a couple things are going on from a, from an injury perspective and a rehab perspective in spring training, and these are the things as fans that you want to pay attention to for your team. Um, first off is uh, Chris Sale with the Red Sox. He apparently threw uh, uh, he faced five hitters through twenty three pitches, um, and a group of guys uh, Verdugo, Cassis, and York, um, and he apparently was. Pretty electric, had good stuff, got into some kitchens. Uh, next step will be two innings of batting practice. 
Um, and, and so real quick, I want to use, I, I need to explain real quick as a pitcher. So there are four or five steps to getting ready for a baseball season. Each one requires a step up in physical effort. It goes from long toss to that first bullpen, from that first bullpen to the first spring training bullpen, from the spring training bullpen to spring training batting practice, from that to a spring training game, and from that to a regular season game. Every one of those jumps is an increase in effort and level and takes time to progress to each level. So when you see that Chris Sale is throwing to hitters, that's an encouraging sign. That's a guy who might have a chance. Maybe not. Maybe he'll start a little late, but he has a chance to start and be ready opening day, which, by the way, apparently is his 34th birthday. So I would imagine he's going to go after that. Um, A guy who we talked about him on the first show who I absolutely love to watch pitch when he's healthy and can pitch. Jacob deGrom, um, he threw, uh, I think it was 22 pitches off the mound um, on a backfield. Um, Granted, that's exciting. But I'm not sure I can explain how far removed from where that it where that is as to where other guys are. Um, I know they're playing it cautious, and obviously they have to because of his track record and because of the money they've invested. But if I'm a, a, a Rangers fan, I'm not going to be shocked if Jacob Degrom doesn't break with the team. I hope he does. Again, I'm a huge fan of his. But that is that. A couple questions I have. If this is the first day he threw in front of everybody in spring training, why did he only throw 22 pitches? Because that, if he's feeling good enough to work out and throw, then you throw a long bullpen, and then, hey, I feel good. He said his arm felt great. I'll take his word for it. But the next step is I need to get on the mound in front of some hitters or I need to throw another couple bullpens. But a 22-pitch bullpen is nothing. I mean, that, and I mean nothing. So, you know, it, it, I guess that means his left side isn't tight anymore. But I don't know where that puts him in the scheme of things. So watch for the big thing for for Rangers fans to pay attention to is to pay attention to the first time he gets on the mound against hitters, whether it be his own or in a minor league game or whatever. But you want to see him get up to hitters. Um, And the third guy, the Rangers, Kurt, I think the Rangers, Kurt, talked about having him next week face batting practice. Okay. Yeah, so if that's Player. the case, you're talking about he's not he's there's a pretty good chance he's not going to break camp because there's a lot of 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 steps between that and pitching opening day in the big leagues. Um again, uh, and and I I don't want to keep caveating everything, but but I do want to say this. I'm not rooting and I'm not uh, uh I'm going to I'm not going to be a talk show host that you're going to get a feel that I'm rooting against some. I'm never rooting against these guys. I want them to play. They're good for the game and all the things go with that. And I, I hate to have to say that, but I don't want people to, t- if I'm going to get personal and rag a guy, I'm not going to mix it up and, and make sure and confuse you. You'll know very well that I'm talking down on somebody, which rarely will ever happen. Anyway, the last guy on this list, um, unfortunately, I think uh, he's been out since, gosh, it's, it feels like two years since I've seen him pitch. Steven Strasburg, now, this is a whole different level. He's not even at camp. He's not even at camp. He had thoracic uh, outlet surgery, which basically going in. It's it's one of your ribs is that I think it's your third rib uh, under your throwing arm is general or your left side is is pressing on a nerve, and they'll go in and take a part of the rib out and blah blah blah. He apparently had that done, and he had a setback in his rehab from that. He's not in camp. I will be stunned if Steven Strasburg throws a pitch in the big leagues this year. I will be stunned. Um, given his history, given uh, uh, the the soft and, and I don't want to say soft, but the very slow nature of how they're going to take his rehab, I will be stunned if he and if if so, great. I hope so. I'd love to see him come back for the second half, but I'm not. 
I don't know that I see see that happening. And then kind of a late uh, uh, addition here, Tyler Glasnow, uh, who had uh, uh, what did he, he had some, he had surgery. He came back last year. He, well, he anyway, came back right, yes. right. Today, six pitches into batting practice, he came out, and there's an MRI scheduled for Tuesday. I've loved this kid since he got drafted. I love the arm. Big, big, huge arm. Uh, I always looked at him kind of like a Zach Wheeler kind of guy. But six pitches into batting practice on his first mound uh, uh, exerting effort with an MRI on Tuesday is not something that uh, is very encouraging. Um, and no, I, I, that is not encouraging at all for the race. And, and, and I said this earlier, uh, uh, what you need to understand from a, as a fan or as a, as a fantasy manager, when you see, uh, the 16 day, what is it called? The injured list now? It's not the, it's not the, yeah, it's the injured list, not the disabled list. Um, right. when you see those dates, uh, you need to understand there's a lot of math involved and those aren't. Like you put a guy on the 15 day uh, injured list, he's not going to be back on the 16th day. If he's a position player, it's probably 25 days for most things on the 15 day DL uh, because he has to get a couple of bats in the minor leagues or whatever. Some guys don't, most guys do. For a pitcher, it's completely different because you put a guy on the 15 day DL generally or IR injured in IL whatever it is. Anyway, you, we're going to have to come up with a name for that because I'm not going to be doing that all year. Um, you, you, I think Major League Baseball is going to come up with a different. I game. hope so. I hope so. But as a pitcher, that the the thing to be concerned about that 15 days. If that 15 days is shut down throwing, so you get better, then and and it never works that way. But they do that anyway. That means you're not throwing for 15 days. You can't take two weeks off when you're up and running during the season and come back in two weeks. That's when you see two weeks and a guy gets shut down. You're talking probably six weeks at a minimum before that guy's back in a big league game. <clears throat> excuse me, sooner would be an optimistic thing. Um, longer probably happens all the time. And, and lastly, let me just say this. I have yet to see a pitcher with an elbow injury, and, and you know they talk about the ligaments and the, blood, and the platelet uh, injections and stuff like that. I have never seen a pitcher rest an elbow injury, and they say, oh, you know, we're going to rest it for a couple weeks and come back. At those. It, that doesn't work. It's never worked, and it doesn't work. If a guy has an elbow injury and he's out, you want your guy to get surgery as soon as possible because he's going to come back as soon as possible. But the, the whole resting thing for an elbow injury never works. And I think a lot of times when I look at these young pitchers, I think they're being drafted now with, in the mind of the organization, an 18-month window, they're not going to be available. Because everybody has Tommy John. So, hey, listen, we're drafting this kid at 19. We're probably not going to have him for 18 months over the next, in some point in the next three or four years. But this is our, our schedule because it, it seems like, I mean, you're seeing guys younger and younger um, in high school getting Tommy John. Uh, and the reason, and, and, you know, God bless medicine, the reason is because you come back better and healthier and throwing harder. And I, as someone who experienced the shoulder side of that, um, I came back throwing four or five miles an hour harder on a consistent basis because I learned about my arm. I got religion around taking care of it. And that generally is what happens after these guys get surgery. Uh, or they, you look at Justin Verlander is a great example. Um, you know, he he came back. He looked phenomenal last year. Um, and all word out of New York is that he looks just phenomenal this year. I know Max Scherzer's feeling sexy because those five punch outs yesterday were mid-season punch outs. Absolutely, Kurt. Hey, time now to bring in one of your old teammates. Yes, yes. I'm very let's, excited. Let, let's go get Lenny Dykstra. Let's bring Nails in. It's time to talk some baseball with Nails.
Joining me now is a uh, a dear friend, a lifelong friend almost, it feels like. Uh, a guy who I had the honor and privilege of playing with, who I would call uh, probably the 90s generation of, of David Ortiz and Clutch, um, and one of the best leadoff hitters I ever saw. And I, I always say this, and, and, and uh, he knows it, uh, the two smartest baseball IQ men I ever played with were Manny Ramirez and this gentleman, Lenny Dykstra. Dude, what's up? Hey, so good to have you. Thanks it, for having me. It's good to see you, buddy. I'm glad you're, you're so you sound good. You sound clear. You sound crisp. I like it. <laughs> so uh real quick, we you and I played together for a couple of years in Philly. And and I still argue that's one of the probably one of, if not the most famous teams ever to play in Philly. We didn't win, we still had a parade. Which in Philadelphia, people that aren't from there don't understand. That just doesn't happen. But that 93 team, um and is kind of where uh, I started to begin my career. You were in the middle of your career, um, and I can remember learning so many things from you as a pitcher. Same thing, same thing as I said earlier with Manny. I learned probably as much, if not more, about pitching from from great hitters. Um, that that team was Sabermetrics before Sabermetrics was in vogue. It was a lineup that that just wore starting pitchers out, got the bullpens fast, and you were at the top of it. Um, talk to me a little bit about. First of all, you, your your career progression. You were always a guy with a good eye who who understood on base percentage was the most important statistic. Was that something you you did from from being a teenager or something you learned in the minor leagues? Well, I mean, look the the, the way the way the game works is 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 that um, there's a lot of math involved in it. Meaning, meaning yep. so the count situation. So so like I figured out if the counts zero and one. It takes you know ten years of, of, of players that have had five hundred bats, okay, and 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 you look at what the, on the average what they're gonna hit. There's only one they're hit one eighty, opposed to one no they're hit two two ninety or something. Right. So all that stuff comes into play. But 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 the the, the the first thing I wanted to say though is I remember when when you got traded, we were, we were in Florida. Yep. And you came on the bus. It's that right next right across from me. Okay, and. I said, this is true, this is true. And then someone said, you know, it's, it's, it's also gas, someone said. <laughs> I remember, you remember that? The first, I, first Yeah, yeah. You guys were playing, you guys were playing exhibition game down, and we were going to Washington. Exactly. Yep. So, and then the other thing is, I want to say, then we get into the, uh, the, the, see all that stuff that, that, that I, like, I don't know much about too much, but I know a whole bunch about baseball. Okay, <laughs> I, 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 don't know how, I know what it takes to win and how to get on base and all that stuff, but but I want to say about Shill. So, you know, Shill, look, I love when he pitched because all my friends, you know, my friends after the game when I want to meet my friends, <laughs> they'd all be excited because they knew that it would be two hours and he'd be, I'd be back, opposed to, <laughs> anyways, because Shill was. So one time, you know, when Show was pitching, Show would always you know, walk around and say, "Hey, dude, how you feeling today, man? You feeling good, doesn't it?" And so one time, Incavilia sitting next to me says, "Hey, Show, man, but, but, you know, what are you asking? Like, why are you asking that you're pitching how you feel?" I said, "Hey, Inky, shut up. You know what up?" <laughs> right. I said, "I wish I had five guys like this <laughs> prepared. He's prepared. He's. A, we know we were going to get. We had a chance to win every time he was out there." So shut, shut the 
<laughs> we're, you know I mean? we're hey, we're gonna edit. You can do your f bombs. We're we're, we're gonna edit you know this. So. Saying, yep, yep. But back to your back to your question though. The, the the thing is 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 that '93 team. If you remember, so Billy Bean was just named, who was my roommate in in, in right. the minor league. He was just named the general manager of of Oakland, taking Sandy Alderson's job, and and so they were at the World Series. And Billy Bean okay, asked me to go to lunch with them in the World Series, which I would never have done, but he was a good friend. Right. And so we went to lunch right on, right by on Broad Street over there. And and he said to me, we sat down, he said, You gave me the recipe. I said, What? <laughs> I said, What? He says, I know now what it takes to win in Major League Baseball. And I said, What, what do you mean? He said, You know, your team was the first team to ever have four guys. To walk a hundred times, and Holland is just short of hundred. So yep. basically, five guys. Yeah, yeah. So so so, and then so, and he said, you know, you set the tone, and then they, the rest followed. Okay, so so again, it, it's it's. Oh, it's a copycat it, league too, right? I mean, it's a copycat league, and I think people recognize we didn't lead the league in home runs, we didn't lead the league in in any category, but getting on base, and and they recognize that that the top five guys in our lineup would wear a starting pitcher out on their own, and we were in bullpens in the fifth inning. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, the, the thing about it is 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 that season again. I'm not I'm not bragging, but. I mean, a fact's a fact, and this is kind of a good fact, but history means, like, that dude, like, like when came over in that boat, that dude that thought the world was flat, that's <laughs> history, right? <laughs> what was his name? Magellan? Um, uh, uh, Columbus, Christopher Columbus, Columbus, right? Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is, so there's only one left-handed hitter in the history of Major League Baseball to go to the plate more time than any other left-handed hitter. Right. And it's not Babe Ruth. It's not Ty Cobb. Okay? It's not. It's not. It's, it's Lenny Evan Dykstra. That's who it is. Okay? Well, believe that. So you scored 104. I think 143 runs that year. You you came in second to Bonds in the MVP, and you know I thought that that if we were to take in postseason play, you're the MVP of the league. In my no question asked, but but the fact of the matter is, you know those 143 runs can't be. Can't 145, be yeah. 145. They can't be scored if you don't get on base. And you were you you had over 700 at bats, official plate appearances. Yeah, 773. That's um, that's. I mean, that's insane. But again, you set the tone. And I don't think a lot of people understand. And one of the things that I'm going to try and do on this show is explain to people and make them understand things. As a pitcher, there's nothing I love more. There was nothing that I I relished more than a one pitch out. That was a, that was like a gift from God as a, as a pitcher um, because I had this game plan. I got to get a hitter out. I got to work this count. I got to do these things. You give me a one pitch out, and, and then, you know, I didn't like to face guys like you for this reason. I don't want to have to use seven, eight, nine pitches to get an out. I, I don't want and, – and, 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 you know, that was the Tony Gwynn thing. You know, you had the strike zone, but you knew the strike zone. And so, you know, my, my forte – you show me a guy that strikes out 100 times, I can show you a guy I can get out pretty easily because he's got holes. You show me yeah. a guy that gets on base 40% of the time, and I got, I, I'm got i going to have a little bit of, uh, of a concern. And you mentioned something that, that I think tails into to, to the discussion we're going to have today. I worked quick, I, and, and so people have asked me about the pitch clock, and I said the pitch clock will never affect a pitcher that sucks because good, <laughs> p- pitchers, good pitchers work fast. 
And if you saw Scherzer yesterday, it was hilarious. He struck a guy out who was backing out of the batter's box. I mean, <laughs> but but that's what we did. Tempo was part of my game. That was part yeah. of it's a weapon. <laughs> and, and hitter and not being able to and I, I'm wondering, because you were a guy that that took time in the bats. You could make a 10 pitch at bat go a while. How are hitters going to have to adjust now? You can only get out of the box one time. You got to be in the, you know, I mean, the tempo is going to be a lot quicker, good or bad for hitters. A bad. I mean, look, look, I mean, you're talking to a guy. Okay. Remember. So, so when I let off the game on the road, okay. At that moment in time, I controlled everything. Right. So when we used to play Atlanta, okay, in, in Atlanta, I used to take a long sweeping walk room and stop right in front of Ted Turner and Jane Fonda. <laughs> And stare right into Jane Fonda's eyes, and I'd say some some things that you probably I shouldn't say on here, but every it was tradition, and people would be yelling, "Get in the box, get in the box," and I'd be like, "You know, you know what I'd say." Right? Yep. And then, I mean, you don't get voted the most hated player in the league five years in a row without doing these kind of things, right? But I was voted the most hated player in the league by, because I made the other job, other people's jobs hard. Yep. See, like I say, remember our team? Like I see you talking to another team, the other teammate, we're fighting. Yeah. Like, well, this is, we're playing for real money here. Right. Like, and, and the thing about it is, and that's why when, when, when you pitched, you, you were so prepared to get so serious, you carried out to the field too. Don't forget when you're out there on the field and you got a guy, um, yeah, I don't want these people's names. No, going, guy, guy going three, two on everybody. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Oh, and, and that was part, part of that too, Lenny. I learned on that team from, cause it was a veteran team and I was a younger guy. Listen, when we're playing in St. Louis and it's 165 degrees on the turf, I need to get my players off the field. And, and so that became a, a, a you know, because I wanted my, I, I always wanted, and as I got older and became more in charge of my defense, I always wanted guys invested in the day I pitched. You know, so so and so. Yeah, I'll, I love that. So, so you say, I'll say you'll play this guy over the side. Yeah, I'm gonna work his side. I'm yeah, see, and I, I and guys were surprised. I would come. I, I can remember. I went to Luis Gonzalez, who played left field for me in Arizona. And I said, "Listen, here, I want you to play here, here, and here on these guys." And and it was a very shallow I, against Tony Gwynn. I had him coming in, literally almost behind the shortstop. Right. And he's like, "Dude, what if he hits it over my head?" And I said, "If he hits it over your head, that's on me." Because I'm telling you, I'm going to throw him a fastball down and away. He's going to hit a line drive to left. I need you to catch it. Right. And, and so you take that level of accountability, and players play differently behind you. You don't play harder or less, but, but there's, they're more invested. And when you get a guy with your skill set in center field who doesn't want a ball to hit the turf, that helps me. Yeah. See, see, so what you're saying, Joe, see, see that, that's, that's, what, that, that's, a, that's, that's why you are – you know, one of the best uh, pitchers ever pitched in the game. And then take the offseason, the postseason, what you did. Like, and again, I'm not saying this because this is your show. I say this to anyone that asks me. Any big game, like, see, there's certain people that have, there's, there's something they have when, when the game's on the line, when everything matters, they rise to the occasion and still, okay, like w w every time, we, he would do that, okay, the big games. And there's certain guys that would fail. So so that being said, and the other thing that, that Shill did, that you did, is, you know, Shill, he had home runs, but he had home runs when they didn't matter, see? A lot he of solos. Solo shots, okay? Yep. And then, so, so what I'm saying is, 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 like you said, it's different you knew when to bear down on a guy and go hard. 
just like like when I when I laid off the game, I mean, I I I had to keep him off like the majority of the time I would take the first pitch all the time. Okay, because but once in a while I have to keep him honest and and you know turn and burn on the on the first pitch so just so it could be fastball in there. Yep. That being said, my job was to get as many pitches out of, of that pitcher and let the, the team see that guy. Yep. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So yep. and that's I because I from the other end I didn't want that leadoff hitter up there for extended periods of time because I don't ever want to have to use my full arsenal in the first inning. I don't want to have to use all any any time I ever had to use three or four pitches in the different pitches in the first inning. That was a loss for me because I did I wanted to get out there, establish my fastball, understand the umpire strike zone for that day, and then start to go to work because I wanted to save that stuff for the second time around. I don't want to have to you know use all three pitches when you made me and and that was to me that was one of the special things about you is, um and, and I learned this I learned this lesson from from Greg Maddox early in my career. The the you know everybody talks about first pitch strikes right. The largest difference in count difference, the largest offensive difference in the hitting count is from 2-1 to 1-2. The 1-1 pitch is the most important pitch in an at-bat for a pitcher because the, the biggest difference in offensive output is in that next pitch. So I never panicked being 1-0 because I could keep the ball out in the middle. Playing, you're right, I, did, I gave up a lot of home runs. I think I set the major league record. In, I led the league in home runs given up in 0-1 when we went to the World Series. I gave up 37, but 34 were solo. And exactly. so, you know, and, and, and I certainly didn't try to give them up, but you know what, when it's seven to nothing, I'm not going to dick around, right? I'm going to throw fastballs down and away. If you go up on me, well, you know what? I got the ball up too much, but uh, hang with them next guy. Yeah. I like that. Dude. That, so, so what, what you said makes so much um, sense. And then this is getting more into the details of, of the game and the little things. See the game's played off the scoreboard. Okay. And, and players don't do that now. I mean, the scoreboard should dictate what you do. Like, I mean, the, I see players now in the ninth inning down two runs, okay, and and guy leading off. He knows he's going to get a first pitch fastball, so he's going to go ahead and you know and swing at it. Right. And by the way, you can't hit a two run homer with no one on base. And the odds are, okay, even if you hit it, okay, there's a seventy percent. If you're the best hitter, seventy percent chance you're going to hit it at somebody. Right. Okay. So, so that's just being selfish right there. So I don't ever see guys take a strike now in the ninth inning when they're down more than a run. But but again, the the one the one one pitch is the pitch. Dude. You are so right because as a hitter, one two is a death sentence. Right. Because you you can bring anything. You can bring anything. You know what I mean? Especially when you're you, facing power guys, right? When you have to protect yeah. to the against the nineties, that's why I always used to say I I never talked to you guys or asked you guys this, but I always felt like against the Braves, the only guy you were concerned about facing in October was Smoltz, Glavin no, Maddox no, Avery no, but Smoltz was the power guy, and he yeah, could make yeah. you swing and miss. Yeah, so Smoltz. So I guess sorry about Smoltz. You brought him up. Um, one of my favorite moments is um, so so we're playing in the bat. Smoltz is throwing um, a no hitter. Okay, into the ninth. Not a perfect game, okay, because he walked me once. Okay, okay, a no hitter into the ninth. So, no hitter. That's a big deal for a pitcher, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no so, Smoltz, okay, yeah, so it's the bottom of the ninth, they're up six, six, nothing. Okay, and I'm up third. Okay, so first two guys, I mean, he just mows them down like redheaded stepchildren. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Go to your room. Go to your room. So, so so now I'm up. Now remember, he's one out away from a no hitter, 
and he knows I'm the only guy that hurt him, okay? <laughs> and so so I know he's going to snap a hook off the first pitch, okay? Greg Olson's catching, okay? And then he snaps off a hook, just a, just a nose, a toe, oh, snap. Filthy and slider. Was, I mean, so I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the hear a strike and call the ball. Oh, shit. Call the ball. So I said, you know what? He's going to try to sneak some cheese in here. Inner half, watch. He's feeling good. He did, dude. And he tried, and I had a glass ball, like a laser. <laughs> oh, off the line. It isn't off the, off the glass. Got the second base, and he was walking around the mound, kind of pounding. I took my shoe out, and I threw it at him. I said, you dumb. <laughs> yeah. So, that, because, dude, that's these feedings for a pitcher, right? Yep. And one out away from a no hitter. That's how I lost mine. I lost mine yeah, with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Oh, did you really? Yep. yep. Wow. Yeah. The only pitch, I shook off Veritek the entire game. How is he, Vera? How is he? He's good. He's good. He's he's uh, coaching with the Sox, and he's going to be a manager he, at some he's, point. He was he was the only guy I ever pitched to that put as much time and effort into studying hitters as as I did. Uh, that you know, yeah. Oh, he was unbelievable. He he had his notebooks just like I did, and he had. I mean, he was. Well, there's a reason the guy caught. I think four no hitters, and he had like seven games he took into the bottom of the ninth with a no hitter. You know, no hitters. Some really crappy pitchers have thrown no hitters, right? Yeah. I mean, but a guy like Nolan Ryan who threw seven—that's not an accident. Tech caught more no hitters than anybody, and and had more no hitters than anybody going to the ninth. And there's a reason uh, for that. Yeah, he was. Nolan a Ryan hated. Nolan Ryan hated me. He hated me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, guy. I, like I said, I I don't have a problem with a hitter if he punches out a hundred times. I, I don't care what your other numbers are. If you punch out 100 times, you got holes I can find. If you, if you walk 140 times, I got problems because that tells me you don't chase the pitches. You know, Maddox always said the key to pitching is to throw a ball when the hitter's swinging and a strike when he's taking. And, and when a guy walks 140 times, th- that's not a predictable thing. So that makes it the challenge on me. I had the most uncomfortable, most I had the most comfortable over fours on Maddox I ever had. That was so crazy. And I bet like, you there's yeah. thousands of guys saying the same thing. I mean, he was like, yep. Glad when he pitched, I wanted to catch it and throw it back to him. <laughs> you know? but, but 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 he played the game right. You know, so yep. he played the yep. game right. He didn't walk people because when he played the game right, so it's kind of like that chain link. You know, it's so smooth, I, smooth. I got to tell you though, Boom. I still hold a grudge against Maddox when he broke your hand opening day in '92. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because yeah. that ended our Maddox, season. I didn't get along with Maddox too too, too well, but yeah, but, but no, that's not too well. Um, but the the only in fact the only wife that liked me on on, on our team was Shauna. Thank God. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, um, I, I think your reputation preceded you in in many cases. <laughs> but it, you know what? It didn't matter because it, it's like I said as I went through my career, I didn't worry about all the bullshit. For me, it was listen. Uh, you know, all the stuff with Manny. That would have been if I would have had to worry about. I think Manny came, showed up. He had three thirty with forty bombs and one hundred forty ribbies. I don't care right. about the other stuff. So right. what? Because you're getting right. paid that's to win. Be friends with everybody. Yeah, yeah. it's twenty five people. You can't be friends with everybody. Nope. But if you do your job, it's all about the results. Yep. It's all about results. Oh my, he is one of a kind. Uh, if there ever was one. So, <clears throat> thanks to to Lenny for that. Um, we're going to close the show out this week talking about a couple things. First of all, um, unfortunately, uh, there are bad eggs uh, in every every nest. Uh, and uh, C.B. Buckner, who is an umpire in Major League Baseball, is one of those. He's never, ever been a, a, a good ump. 
Uh, I have uh, multiple stories about C.B. Buckner that I will share someday. But apparently, Cardinal manager Oliver Marmel, uh, who C.B. had confronted and had run-ins with um, a couple different times, uh, went to home plate to exchange the lineup cards, and he extended Oliver extended his hand to C.B. to shake, and C.B. didn't do it. And uh, I, I, I would say that I'm stunned by that, but I'm not really stunned by that because I, he's always been a guy who uh, – well, he doesn't belong in the big leagues. I can tell you that. He's never been a guy who I believe had Major League Baseball quality uh, talent, um, and I saw many stories to support that. So that was unfortunate. Um, and also, game started, so we've got stuff happening. I want to talk about, real quick, hit on a couple kids. Uh, Brett Brady, who is uh, one of the top 20-some prospects in all of baseball, certainly somebody the Mets are, are hoping vies for that third-base job and wins it. Uh, homered in his first spring training at bat. Uh, Nathan Evald, who, uh, uh, my goodness, uh, what an arm. Tossed two perfect innings, punched out four. Vlad Guerrero, uh, Jr., ho-hum, 432-foot homer. Um, and you're going to hear me talk about this all year long. The Baltimore Orioles, I think, have a massive stable of young talent. I have actually placed a futures bet on the Baltimore Orioles as World Series champs with really good odds. Um Heston uh, Kerstad, who was their number two pick three years ago, hit two home runs and went three for three. Jackson Holiday, son of Matt Holiday, who was the number one pick in 2022, doubled in his first at bat. I'm telling you, at the plate and on the mound, these guys are going to have an amazing uh, uh, stable of talent. <laughs> uh, Yon Duran, uh, a Twins reliever, threw a 10-pitch inning, and his four he threw four four-seam fastballs. All four were clocked at 101. Uh, so yeah, uh, velocity is still it, it, a sexy it's February, thing. Kurt. Right, I know he threw four pitches right. at 101 in February. Right, and 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 I would say that's awesome. But the one time I was that good in spring training and throwing not that hard, but that I was the one time that I spent most of the year on the disabled list because I was way too uh, putting way too much effort way too early. Um, Garrett Mitchell, the uh, number five prospect in Major League Baseball for you Brewer fans out there. Uh, oh boy. What a what a legit talent. He hit two home runs in the first game of the spring. Um, and then for those that didn't, well, no one saw it because it wasn't televised, but the Tigers turned a 6-3, 5-2 triple play. Uh, and as someone who actually was on the mound for two triple plays, two unassisted triple plays, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, going to finish the day, uh, and this might shock some people, going to finish the day talking about a Yankee prospect. And the only reason I'm talking about I'm talking about for two reasons. Number one, he has a phenomenally cool nickname, uh, which is the Martian. Uh, and there are so many things and ways to go with that. I'm not really sure. Uh, but anyway, he hit a 420-foot bomb yesterday. He's uh, somebody to keep an eye on this spring. Won't break with the club, but he's certainly a bat to watch if you're a Yankee fan. All right, Billy, that was fun. That will do it for this really, week. Really, really good day. Good week so far, Kurt. We come back Friday. See you Friday with our with another one. Yep. So we'll we'll see you then. Yep. Keep Out. an eye on outkick.com. Yep. At outkick.com, we'll have all the spring training news every day, and we are back on Friday with episode three. So goodbye. God bless. Have a great week, guys.